Man, we didn't even get Eddie well, said, you ready to pod. Right. Well, I'm definitely going to start going by the black Alex Jones. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea uh, at all. It's it's a it's just for content. We're okay. trying to we're trolling our way to the top. Yeah, but that dude's been banned on like every media outlet. Like I don't think he even has yeah, a podcast anymore. He gets anymore. banned, but then his fan clubs have pages for him. So it's like he got even bigger after he got banned. I think you should have higher aspirations than that piece of crap. I feel you. Okay. It's just right, my so, personal uh, opinion. Shot that idea down. <laughs> no one ever referred to me as a black Alex Jones. We ever again. We don't want any of those issues, but we're recording, right? Yep. So, are we ready to pod? Oh, always. Are you ready to pod? I'm not going to sing. Nobody Still else. I'm not going to sing. Right, we have, I am ready, though. We actually have lights today. Somebody else has to sing with me. Are Don you ready to pod? pod? Yeah, Don. I know you got it. Maybe, maybe not, Don. That was off. Are you ready to pod? It's more of like a C. So okay. Pod. We'll work on We need rehearsal on yeah. Tuesday. We'll pre-production next time. We'll get that in. Cool. Well, welcome. Yeah, welcome back. It's welcome. Been a, it's been a minute, right? Yeah. Summer gets in the way a little bit. We'd be really working, man. You've been on the kickboxing tournament circuit? Yeah, yeah. Well, not the tournament circuit. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Not yet. Not yet. But, uh... I'm getting my Daniel son on. <laughs> getting a little bit better. I see Don's going crazy with the CrossFit. Oh, yeah. You're staying active with the Wayne Gretzky abilities on the ice ring. Ah, working towards it, yeah. Cool. Late, so late so late more bloomer. like uh, yeah. Chris Chelios. Oh, nice. Yeah. Any got, other random hockey players you know uh, from the early 90s? I just got PK after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. PK Subban, yeah. That's, that's all okay. you get from me. Yeah, all right. And then my, my one soccer player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're a big Man U fan. Yeah, huge obviously. Man U fan, as you can see by the jersey. Um, I love what LeBron did. Well, I don't even know what he I, did. I just assumed I was just throw LeBron out there oh. with soccer. Okay. Because that's how you do it. When you get confused, <laughs> you just put, put LeBron out there. Yeah, yeah, he had a great <laughs> touchdown in that match. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, welcome <laughs> to the uh, Industry Standard Podcast. So if you're listening from Apple, Spotify, whatever your platform is. Stitcher. Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever you are. And now from YouTube? YouTube. Ooh. Sorry, you have to see us. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to work on our appearance. We're not like front of camera people. No. We're going to get there. We'll Definitely get it behind done. the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So how you feeling? We're good? Good. All right. Don, got a lot to good? talk about. Great. Definitely a lot to talk about. We got a lot of people in the room with us today, too. So shout out everyone with us. Yeah. So, um, what do we want to get it started off at? I mean, we had a lot of music coming out, a lot of music that some uh, clients put out. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, as you may know, well, you know, Eddie, um, we work on many different levels. So lawyers, managers, uh, I found myself being a label, artist services, distribution, booking, all that crap, because you kind of have to with independent artists. So... Today is July, what is it, 17th? Yeah, July 17th. We've got, from our label, we, we released an EP for the cool kids that they did with Alchemist. And then this artist, Zoya, who is based out of L.A., but she is Indian-American, and she was big in India, which I know sounds fake, but it's true. Right. Um, she did a track with Jack Harlow, who's pretty big. Signed He's out of Kentucky, right? Yeah, signed yeah, to Atlantic. Um, and so we put that music out today threw it out there and now it's like did it do anything i have no idea right. yeah so all this prep i mean especially for zoya that this is the first song she's put out in uh months like six months probably and it's yeah. the first sort of big splash she's trying to do in america and um all this preparation all these versions of the song and then you put it out there and you just are like well i hope it's gonna work yeah because it's like no guarantee and then a guy like you have a feature say from jack harlow yeah Sign with Atlantic. What's what's the steps of getting that deal done with the major label artist? Is it just we get in the studio, we record it, we can put it out, or how does that really work? Man, that was that was uh, that was luck, sort of, because I know his manager. I've worked with him before, and we had this track, and she wanted to put it out without any feature, and I just felt like it needed one. Right. And she listened to me, which was unusual, um, but nice, and I sent it. We were trying to find some rappers for it, and one of the other guys that works with us was like, oh, Jack Harlow would be great. Turns out I knew his manager. His manager sent it to him, and he loved it. And, like, within a week, he had the stems for it, and that's right, Don, stems. 
Yes, right? sir. Yeah. Uh, and he was able to record a verse. We had it. And then I had to get Atlantic's permission because he signed to a recording agreement. So they have the rights to his recording services. So proposed so terms we gotta, to them. We got to jump in on that right yeah, there. Yeah. So the label has to give clearance for an artist to perform on somebody else's music. That artist doesn't even have the rights to their own services, essentially? No. I mean, they can say, you have the right to, to record a song if you want, if you're feeling it or not, and he liked it, and so he recorded it without telling the label. Then we bring it to the label and say, hey, Jack did this. He wants to put it out. We're independent. They need, like, a list. They have 20 questions. How are you going to put it out? What's the budget behind it? Is this a single? Like, all sorts of antiquated stuff, too. Is it coming out on... CD, all that kind of crap. So we have to answer all of that. You're dealing with some sort of lower level person at the label and they got to kind of run it up the chain. And the biggest thing, especially with an artist like him, is does he have anything else coming out right now? They just don't want it to interfere with that or take any shine away from what he's about to put out. So, yeah, he signed a deal. He can't just go and record whatever he wants and puts it out because they have a right to everything that he records. So do you think the label was worried about I know they're worried about the schedule of what Jack has coming out, but do you think they also look at Zoya and say, yeah. where is she at on the tier of artists? Is this going to hurt the Jack brand by yeah. putting the feature out? Or? For sure. I think the management in his situation, it's different, I think, with each artist, but in his situation, if he likes something and he's got, you know, he's still pretty new um, and his manager likes it and they give the, the thumbs up, then yeah, they just want to make sure that they make some money on it and it doesn't interfere with their putting, you know, with what they're putting out. Cool. So it wasn't. It was. It seemed kind of arduous, but it w- it wasn't that bad. Like we were able to get it. Um, but you know, then again, like I said to begin with, put it out, and we've gotten some press just because of Jack. Rolling Stone India covered it, which is cool. But we're trying to break her in the U.S., so it's like, how do we do that here? Right. So we got some tools. We got some money that we've spent on it, and you know we're able to get some playlisting and that kind of stuff going, and some hopefully some some press. Um, but there's so much content out there. It's just like yeah. you hope it hits. You Would hope you it gets on a playlist. That's almost like a downfall of one of the downfalls of so much access and be, people being able to upload music with ease. And now it's like this crowded forest oh, of yeah. trees now, and nobody's like yeah. You gotta have a plan, right? I mean, it, you put the mu- you have to put music out. You have to have constant content, and everything that musicians make money off of is based on the music originally, right? Right. But like, for a song to do well and go anywhere, it's gotta get on a playlist. Are you gonna get on the right playlist? Like we know for Zoya, she's on a big Indian playlist, and she's on the Beyond Borders playlist. Like that, that's awesome. But she needs to be on New Music Friday. You know, she needs to make a splash in in the U.S. and there's just no guarantee with that. And then with the cool kids, cool kids, obviously being from Chicago, like they have some notoriety. They've got some fame. People still know who they are. They just played uh, Summer Smash. Like they're playing Fool's Gold stuff. Like they're, they're starting to buzz again. And it's because of some of the stuff that we've done sort of behind the scenes to keep them present. And they partnered with Alchemist, who is like king of underground producers yeah. and has a huge following himself. And just by sort of teasing that, we've gotten a, a ton of coverage. And like with them, we don't have to pay for press. You just put something out and everybody covers it. Does Alchemist, I would assume a major label publisher with a producer like Alchemist, uh, is it the same process of getting clearance that you had to do with Jack? No. Did you do with the producer? Or? Yeah, no, I expressed some of my, um, my, my fear and trepidations <laughs> with Alchemist because Alchemist, uh, he's not signed. Uh, I don't, I think Cobalt handles his admin, but I don't really know. And I just went direct to him and he's like, Hey, I just want to put this out on vinyl and you guys do whatever you want with it. No, no money up front. He's been friends with the guys forever and and he's, he's a good dude. Um, but he's like, here are the splits. I need 50% of publishing and God bless. And then (laughs) as a lawyer, right, I need to pay for this, but he's definitely not going to sign anything. (laughs) <laughs> and wow. I mean, I, you know, we just assume all the music is uh, sample free. Man, yeah, just gotta go with it. Yeah. So back to Jack, real, real quick. So you have the 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 artist agreement that you have to get with Jack mm-hmm. for his services, and then you have to get clearance from the label, mm-hmm. right? So if you pay Jack for this feature, and the label doesn't clear it, 
what do you do? If I paid Jack, so we didn't pay him anything up front. Yeah. He was so, super cool about it. So when the hypothetical that you've paid right. this featured artist up front for their services. And the label doesn't now, know about it or doesn't give you the clearance? The label doesn't give you the clearance because, you know, we have to have the two parts. You get right. the artist, then you got to get the label. Well, the so normally the money's going to the label, right? Because he signed to a recording agreement. All of the money that goes along with anything that he does recording-wise goes to recoup anything that they've paid him. So an artist like him or Doja, who we work with, or anybody like that, they get these features and they make pretty decent money from it, but they never see it. It just goes to pay back anything that they owe to the label. If you don't owe the label anything, the label's going to take their cut of it, their percentage, and then pay you the rest in the next accounting period. Gotcha. So for this situation, it was just a percentage. He owns a piece of the master and he owns a piece of the, the publishing. So it's a situation you don't jump the gun and pay the artist before you get no, the no. clearance from the label. Yeah, don't do that. If you're dealing with a major label artist. If yeah. you're dealing with independent, then like typically you're not going to get the feature until you've paid them. Yeah, but this is like some information for indie artists that may start working with a major that may not know right. the actual process and making sure they have that clearance with the label and all that. And then yeah. they're just like trying to release on SoundCloud or throw right. it up on, through CD Baby. Right. But, I mean, but like even with like the CD Babies and TuneCores, we had an artist that... He went to. He had a, a feature from a major artist. He went to upload onto TuneCore. TuneCore actually asked for the agreement, right, to show that there was some type of agreement that they had permission to use the voice yep. of this feature, or it'll get taken down. Yeah, or they're worried that it'll get taken down by the label, which could, it probably will. Could they sue TuneCore for that? Because the label so sure you're going to yeah you're going to sue everybody, oh. and then there's like a list of indemnification. So indemnification means that you're holding people harmless. So TuneCore is going to rely on whoever uploaded the track to say we've got the rights to do it. Right. And so when Sony comes in and sues TuneCore, they're going to be like, oh, not our problem. We're indemnified by it's whoever the, yeah, yeah. the distributor or the, the label is. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stories of, like, I had a client that paid uh, Fetty Wap a bunch of cash. He's like, I'll go do I'll do a feature for you. Just pay me in cash. And he did it. Fetty was signed. I, I don't know what happened. I mean, got the feature, went out, and then and I paid no him idea. in cash. Oh yeah, no trail, no trail, <laughs> no trail. Uh, now I probably just got him in trouble, but I don't. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think his label's listening right now. Yeah, I hope the IRS isn't listening either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't clear that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're uh, it's festival season. Yeah, I it's guess just about that time. Uh, so we got. Pitchfork around the corner. Yeah, you're, you're trying to go to Pitchfork this yeah, weekend, huh? I'll be there. I'm a, One day I'm going to teach a, a, a lesson and or a master class in finessing into festivals. <laughs> yeah, you are good at that. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty amazing at that. Uh, I think I've had like two bands over the course of like 10 years. <laughs> and you <laughs> and still I, got an artist and pass and for I've everything. I still had an artist pass uh, yeah. every time. But no, uh so if I'm trying to do Lost Blues in a couple weeks, right, I, I should get booked pretty soon, right? These yeah, any any day now, you should yeah. probably get the notice that's, that you're going to be happens, playing right? the main stage. Yeah, cool, cool. not ex not exactly. No, no. So how how far out are we are we looking at these bookings when we're, we're talking about festivals? Like, I mean, I think uh, ten months maybe is is becoming more average right. in terms of time ahead. So and they they do it in. Like big festivals, Lollapalooza, Coachella, Bonnaroo, they they do it sequentially. So they'll they'll extend offers. In so Coachella was in April, right? Right. So they extended offers in early June for next year. So, I mean, my question is, how do they know that the artists that they're extending that first round of offers to are still going to be like relevant and hot next right. April? Right. Because I mean, so they'll do that. They'll do it with people that they think are like surefire. They're going to bring a crowd. They're going to, you know, they're they're A-listers or what, yeah. whatever. And then they'll they'll keep spots open and they'll continuously fill those. But I, I mean, I think maybe there's a few fillers at last minute, but last minute is still like a month out, two months out. Right. Nah, probably, and that's only if somebody like cancels out. last right. minute. But typically it's a at the, the early six months. Yeah. Say. Yeah, so well, I, like I've had meetings with CAA, which is a big booking agency, in April of this year, and they were planning for this artist 2020. 
they're like, don't worry about 2019. Like, we already got what you got, but 2020 is, we're, we're looking at all festivals in 2020, which is, it's, it's, that's what you got to do. You got to plan that far ahead. Yeah, so I think that's important to know that if you're putting your calendar out there, as an artist right now, you should be focused on 2020 and even focused on 2021, essentially. Like, this year is almost, is essentially over. Oh, yeah. When it comes it's to been doing, over. doing new things. Like, I had an artist that he's actually sticking to that plan now. I was talking to him two years ago, and he said, I want to run the 2020s. That's my decade. I'm focused on 2020 and on. He's like, these next two years is whatever, but I'm setting myself up to win in 2020. He's actually sticking to that plan. So I think we actually, as artists, we have to sit, they have to sit back and look at that calendar and say, all right, six months left in this year. What can I actually get accomplished? What's actually set up for me now? And how can I move forward into 2020 and be right? Be, make these and, and it and it depends obviously on what level you're at, right? Because yeah. there could be just artists that are they they may get a show next week, right? But it's going to be a show at a local bar or whatever. Festivals, yeah, festival. If you if you haven't gotten notice that you're in a festival, you're not getting in, right? Like, and and you're. I mean, 95% of the time, you're not getting a festival unless you've got a booking agent. True. Right? I don't know many people that don't have a booking agent that... So who's the ones that actually book festivals? What What do you mean? It's like, so when a... The booking agent, the one you're signed to, your booking agent isn't the one reaching, reaching out. You're essentially somebody from Lollapalooza, somebody from Coachella is handling this booking. Who, yeah, C3 or Live Nation or or one of those, the talent buyers for that, will reach out to the booking agent you want your booking agent to be proactive and be pitching you and you need to let the booking agent know hey i've got an album coming out or i'm, I'm doing this late night show or whatever it is like they you need to help them you need to be your best advocate right, right. but like booking agents typically sit back and wait for offers that's that's like the number one complaint that i hear is that like my booking agent isn't doing shit for me like why aren't they out there getting well you got to like stay on them and if you're huge, you know, like you're Billie Eilish or you're Ed Sheeran or somebody like that, they, yeah, they just got to sit and they come your way ask right? for more money, right? Like that's their job is just get as much money. But if you're up and coming, like, yeah, you got to stay on them. And like you got to say, hey, I want to play this. Like do whatever you can to get me to play that, you know, on Coachella or whatever it is. And once you get one of the major festivals, then like you're good, right? You use that to get other festivals. Yeah, you look at the lineups at all the different festivals – Pretty, same pretty similar. Yeah. And you can kind of see the cycle. Like, oh, you know, she just came out with an album or these guys just did this or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, they're going to stay in the top of the headlines for all of 2019 because they got Coachella. True. Makes sense. So as an indie artist that doesn't have a booking agent, is it spamish of you to try and reach out to the C3s and the Live Nations and send them your music and let them know who you are? Or like, I mean, what do you think? How many emails do you get of like, hey, check out these beats? And um, how many of those do you listen to? Only the fire ones. <laughs> the the ones, ones that have the fire emojis yeah, next to it? If it's got fire next to it, I'm listening for sure. Uh, yeah, I've gotten... So people are getting clever with that, too. Like, I've I've gotten a couple emails for some artists that are like, here's the here, <laughs> here are the stems from last last night's session. I'm like, oh, did someone have a session? And then I'll you really just gave that away. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm onto it though. Like I'm onto it. Yeah. Don't send me anything. Anyway, but yeah, like I actually don't want any beats. I'm done rapping. Uh, what? Yeah, man. You retired? I retired. I retired. I retired after every verse. I thought you were playing Lollapalooza. <laughs> so this is this is what it is. I do my verse, and yeah. then at the end of the verse, I retire. Drop and the then mic. the fans are like, come back, come back. Right. Then I'm like, all right, guys, I'll give y'all one more verse. Right. Then I retire again. Yeah. Then, come back. Come but that back. The, the fans that you speak of, that's just the voices it's, in it's your head, right? It's like, a hypothetical yeah, fan. Okay. It's not really a true fan. Clarify I mean, that. Don still listens to my music. So yeah. That's one. My mother still there you listens. Go. Everybody's got at least one fan, yeah, right? And we're two or more gathered in your name. You know, I think that was a, a scripture. So there you go. I'm, I'm good, you know? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's spammy. It's, it is, it's spammy. It is spammy. Please it's do not email. It. <laughs> Don't do it. yourself. I mean, like you, again, it's it's sort of conflicting advice because you got to be your biggest, you know, your best advocate. But like, if you've got management, yeah, they should be looking for that kind of stuff. But you got to be realistic about it. Yeah. If you don't have a touring history, if you don't have you know a song that just went viral or that went nuts, like you just you're not gonna get big festivals. You should try for street fests. You know, nice. you should try for clubs and bars and, and get that history going and get fans in each one of those markets 
Because the number one thing a booking agent's going to look for is that history, right? They're going to say, all right, well, last time you played in New York, how many tickets did you sell? Or who else have you toured with? That kind of right. stuff. So, yeah, don't miss, don't miss any steps. Like, especially here, we'll use Chicago as an example. It should be the Shubas, sell out Shubas, yep. sell out, then sell out Lincoln Hall, yep. then sell out Metro. Like, right. Taking those steps to making sure you're hitting appropriate venues for your size. Right. To, like, yeah, I, I had this group that will go uh, nameless that we started working with. This is years ago, and they're really good. Um, they couldn't sell out Shubas, but they're like, once we drop this album, a realistic goal is to play United Center. And like, I laughed right away when they said it because I thought they were just joking, but like, they were dead serious. <laughs> like, we want to play United Center. And I'm like, well, the parking lot might be available to <laughs> right. you guys, and you could just put a bucket out and see how much you make. But like, yeah, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Like, things don't happen that quickly. People like catch on to things. Like, I don't know how long it took Little Nas X to put that song out. But it probably wasn't overnight. See, the the only thing with the Nas X, when it's more of a, uh, I guess you say plant situation. Okay. You know. Here we go with conspiracy theories. <laughs> but yeah, all right. It was not a conspiracy theory, but this thing is not like, this wasn't a record that he made in his basement that took off from no, SoundCloud. No, you're right. Became a smash. You're right. That, so like, that their situation was like, it was set up for him to have this year. Like, yep. this was a 2018 record that they put a whole plan together to, to dominate 2019. And they're going to milk it. Yeah, and they're super <laughs> milking it. Like, what's going to be the number one, the number one, number one song in yeah. a couple weeks? Yeah. Like, the longest running number one song now that they added the Young Thug and Mason Ramsey yeah. remix. Yeah. Which is also another thing we talked about, how, like, yeah. using the remix to keep your song That's the plan, there, man. You know? I mean, I, and, and so Billie Eilish just did that with Justin Bieber, and, like, I, I've been in meetings with major labels, and they're like, cool, this song did really well, let's do a remix. Right. And, and then we'll push that one even harder. Instead of like, what do you got next to follow up that last single? It's like, well, no, 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 this is working. Let's just, just keep doing it. I mean, it kind of shows there's not a lot of creativity going on within labels, but like... Right. So they just say, remix it, let's go. Just keep remixing it. Just keep adding stuff to it. And it, I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's going to be super common. Right. Fun fact on the Old Town Road, yeah. Nine Inch Nail Sample. The guitar chords at the beginning. Trent, so, cha-ching, you need that sound. There you go, yeah, you got so that one. There I would is. say Trent's probably making more than Billy. Oh, for and sure. And Nas. And well, Lee. I don't know. On the publishing end? On publishing, yeah. Because, you know, that's his melody, so I'm asking for close to 50% of that melody. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to see him. Got to see gotta the paperwork, him, but yeah, I hope it's a better deal than Juice World had with Sting. That was, yeah, because Sting just worse. took 85% of the entire record. Yeah, but that song launched his launched, career, yeah, right? Like, and so now he's playing shows and making hundreds of thousands, I would hope. Man, side note, I saw him throw out the first pitch at a White Sox game. Not good. Man, I'm glad he can sing rap. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> wow, it was embarrassing. Hopefully this podcast takes off so I can throw out the first pitch somewhere. I'm looking forward to it. You that. should finesse your way into that. I, I should. should. That's on the bucket list. Yeah. Finesse my way to a first pitch. Anywho, all right. I actually started downloading for a second, yeah. thinking about how there cool that was. Those fans in your head again were like, "This is possible." <laughs> I got to do something about these fans, man. <laughs> so, uh, where were we? Well, I don't know. We were gonna go. Well, you talked about Trent owning part of that, but that also talks about publishing, which is a, a, a segue into mechanicals, mechanicals and TikTok. Yeah, because this TikTok thing is taking over. It's like, yeah, it actually is the number one app. It's dusted Instagram. It's what everybody uses. I explain what it, it, it is. TikTok is a music video creation app where it, well, they call it a lip singing video app where you can take one of your favorite songs, have the music playing in the background, and then you perform to the song. So you lip sing to the song. People have done uh, makeup tutorials on it. Right. Dance video. Is it timed? Like, can you only do it for a certain? Yeah, it's only about it's like a fifteen second okay. clip of the video. It's not the entire right. song, but right. it's just a clip of it. Okay, and so and they integrate music within it, right? right? And then we don't know how people who make the music get. Yeah, paid. my question is, I don't see these artists getting paid from that because if we. But they have. They've they've got to license it. 
Yeah. Right. So, so there's got to be streaming revenue that's coming from it. And we're not prepared to, to answer that right now. We haven't yeah, seen the contract. But I haven't seen TikTok paying out streaming revenue because they actually declared themselves as saying they're not a streaming service. Right. So that's that fight they're trying to determine. Do they have to pay a streaming rate? Do they have to actually pay mechanicals? Do right. they need to get some type of digital public performance license? Like, what is it that TikTok needs? Because they do need to pay for it. Yeah, because it's it, it lives forever, right? It's not like Snapchat where it disappears, right. right? So you could have a TikTok video that lives online forever. So to me, if there's music behind that, that's a, a license, right? right? That's a sync and master license, and you got to have the rights to do it. And so, so then that should be some type of flat fee for that one. I would think so. But then, what about on the since it has being viewed over and over again, it's technically a reproduction, right? So then there should be some mechanical license to that. Yeah. So we throw mechanicals out that that term out quite a bit. Maybe Professor Sanders can go into what mechanicals <clears throat> used to mean and what they mean now. Do and I'll just any, take uh, a nap over we here. We got any schoolhouse rock theme music? <laughs> <to> <laughs> we can find some, right? <laughs> I'm just a rate, just a lonely rate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we're going to have to clear that. <laughs> True. No, so technically, so in short, with mechanicals, um, backing, backing up a little bit more, there's six exclusive rights to copyright that a copyright owner has in every copyright. One of those exclusive rights is reproduction. Anytime your copyright is reproduced. There needs to you need to give whoever is re doing the reproduction has to have a license to do so. Um, mechanical license is what we consider a statutory license, where you don't have to negotiate the rate. The rate has already been set. It's set at like nine point one cents for physicals in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, in the U.S. nine point one cents for physicals for digital. Um, this is where we get the chalkboard out. Yeah. So when we do digital mechanical royalties, this is how they put this together. They take 10%. So we'll use Spotify as an example. Spotify earns, let's say, $20 million in one month. They take that 10% of that $20 million, put it into a pool. They say this pool is a mechanical pool. Then they take the total number of streams they had that month, divided by the amount of money they collected, and that gives them their monthly rate. What? Exactly. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I thought we were talking about money. Yeah. Like, now we're talking about the algorithms, but no, like it's that drawn out process where every month it's a different rate based upon how much money Spotify yeah. declares they've made. Yeah. And so, I mean, I can, I can tell you from, from my perspective as someone who's uh, serving as a label and I have poor Whitney that has to go through every statement and figure out oh, all right there were four writers on this track and we got 12 downloads in japan and so now i gotta figure out the rate the mechanical rate in japan that was just paid to us and convert it into the u.s divided by the number of writers and then pay out like three cents to each one right so like we're at the point where Unless there's a significant balance on any mechanicals, you, you're not getting paid for any downloads. Now that iTunes is pretty much gone, right? Downloading music is is a thing of the past. You're really only making mechanical royalties if you're selling vinyl, like on a, on a higher level. You know, if you've got a big record and you're selling, a, you know, thousands of copies at Urban Outfitters or wherever, like then there's real mechanicals that get paid out. But in in talking to publishers and the streaming mechanicals, they don't even... They don't really, they'll take the money, right? right? But like we were doing quick math, like even on a billion streams on Spotify, like the mechanicals for that are, it's not insignificant, but you would think for a billion streams, you're making millions of dollars. Yeah, it's nothing you can like have a career based on. No, and, and the, the publisher takes half of the mechanical, right? So they're only getting four and a half percent, four and a half cents per download. And then based on that crazy... Streaming so, formula, it's even less than, it's way less than So that. mechanicals, I could say a person that's making a lot is someone like, let's say, like the state of James Brown, because they have so many records out there, and then also so many records that have been sampled right. that now he's a part of, so his catalog is huge. Yeah. So then, like, his his mechanicals that he gets right. probably significant. Yeah. It's a decent amount. But. And we're hoping that with the Music Modernization Act right. and the new board 
that has been set up that there'll be better transparency and that the mechanical rate for streams will go up right. significantly. So it, if, before we get any further, if you're an artist and you want to collect your mechanicals, who do you have to sign up with? Harry Fox. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you started laughing about that. Right. No, it's a real name, Harry no, Fox. It really is Harry Fox. Yeah. Right? Harry Fox Agency. Yeah. I miss Fox. It's all good. <laughs> it actually worked. No, so we just want to make sure that people know if you do want to collect your mechanicals, you got to register. Got to register, Harry Fox Agency. So, and distributors, speaking back to the the uh, going back to the indemnification thing, like so, distributors will put it put the onus back on the artists. Like, they're not going to differentiate. It's too hard. The math is too hard to figure out. Yeah, splitting up nine point one cents. But just, not even nine nine point one for streams. It's oh, not right. Like I mean yeah, for it's streams doing. it's so hard to figure out that they're just lumping it all into a pool and they're like, you better sign up for Harry Fox or you're not getting paid. And put in putting it on the artist. So if the artist doesn't know that, they're not gonna get paid. And 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 again it's it it's seemingly an in, insignificant amount of money these days, but like I think it's it's either gonna phase out completely and there just aren't going to be mechanicals anymore, and they're going to figure out a different way to pay people, or with the Modernization Act and the MLC, is that MLC? MLC, or, yeah. yeah the, the Mechanical the, License Collective. Right. They're going to figure out a way to make that important again yeah. and make more money from it. And the publishers are too strong to just be like, oh, it's cool, we don't need that money anymore. Yeah, because now the push is people are seeing, like, the artists aren't getting paid. Right. So they're like, all right, Whatever revenue source we have to pull from outside of this touring and merch, artists should be getting paid for their music. Right. If they put music out and people are listening to the music, they should be getting compensated. Yeah. Right. And in a conversation with a, a, a pretty high up dude at a big publishing company, he said they're only concerned about licensing and performance royalties. Like that. That's it. He's like, we don't. Trying to get syncs we just try to get syncs, and and we need radio songs because then the performance royalties go way up. And you get paid from your PRO if you're one of the top 200 radio artists and all that. That's going to change too, we think. But like as of now, that's how you make real money as a as a publisher. Yeah. So back to TikTok a little, and them actually not paying or paying. Is it beneficial though for artists? Because I see a lot of artists' careers taking off, or them able to like promote songs a lot faster. For using, sure. Using this app. I mean, that's sort of the that's like the age old question, right? Like, is is it worth the promotion? You know, like get your music out there. Does that give you other opportunities? Yeah, they're going to say yes, for sure. I know from personal experience, TikTok is supporting artists in other ways. They'll pay to have product placement in videos. Um, they understand the value of it. And so they'll, they'll cut checks for that kind of stuff. But for an indie artist to use it, yeah, I mean, yeah, use everything you can to get your name out there, right? Yeah, the crew was in here talking earlier about how there's artists here in Chicago, dance artists here in Chicago that you can pay and they'll just dance to yeah. your video because they have a large following. For oh, their, for sure. Their choreography or whatever. So, we, uh, yeah, we did that with this uh, this guy that made the water dance. The water I'm, dance? Yeah, I'm sure you all have heard of it. Show oh. us, Josh. I don't yeah. know the dance. I don't <laughs> know have a camera dance. Now. You can show us the water dance. <laughs> I'll study it for next time. But, uh, but yeah, we paid a choreographer that has millions of YouTube followers to dance to it mm. and, and it worked. I mean, it, it definitely worked. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know if you remember, it came out recently, that Zach Fox, I Got Depression yeah. song. Yeah. That blew up because somebody put out a dance video to it. Like, it had been on the web. Like, Kenny Beats had been doing that little freestyle series for the longest. That song had been out for, like, a couple months. Right. And somebody just did a random, like, TikTok video with the song. Yeah. And then it became a viral hit. Right. And it's like, all right. Maybe we should put some of our podcasts behind like a TikTok video of Don dancing, of you doing the water dance. All right, so we got <laughs> should have brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll work. Uh, so we got some Cardi B news. Oh yeah, yeah. So she was actually denied a trademark application. Okay. For her. Okay. <laughs> Did I get it right? Wait, what was that? Okay. You, do you got it? It's, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. Keep keep trying. Okay. okay. She applied for a trademark? Yes, because she didn't want anyone to get paid off of using the phrase. Okay. And she got denied. She got denied. Or she wanted to get paid from it. She wanted. She was already getting paid from it, but when you put out the trademark application, you want to stop other people from oh, infringing right. on your trademark. That's like, gotcha. like the let's get ready to rumble guy. Right. Right? He's got a trademark for that 
that catchphrase. That's a, so what they're saying, like that's the actual phrase, right? But okay, is still okay at the end of the day. Yeah, and the trademark office was like, no, it's still okay. We're not gonna give you a trademark. Can she get it on the supplemental registry and then move it over after five well, years? They're saying now, now she's gonna have to go into the next step. So maybe we should hit her up and give her that little tidbit. Yeah. And tell her how she should get it done. But yeah. Right now it's been denied because okay, it's just okay. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> I mean, gonna but to let's get ready to not do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to the rapping or the singing. And, I got you. And keep the Cardi B's. No more. No more okays. Yeah. But that's just interesting as far as like what, because I've started to notice the, the trademark office becoming a little bit more stringent upon who they give trademarks to. They're, yeah, their their guidelines are just a little bit more stern now. So just, so trademark point of clarification, uh, music copyrights, right? Right. Your music, your composition, that's a copyright. Trademarks are um, protection over goods or services. So you have a, a trade name. Use McDonald's. McDonald's is associated with restaurants, right? right? So McDonald's is trademarked in a particular class of service or goods that serves food, right? right? For musicians, you can get your professional name. Trademark. So what were you going as? What were, the Black Alex Jones? Black Alex Jones. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's a tricky one. Yeah. But like for let's think of Cardi B. She could get Cardi B. She can get a trademark on Cardi on B. On Cardi B and it would be associated with a live performance by a musician or it could be associated with um recorded music and then maybe even the merchandising. But it, but it's got to be a label. That's another one yeah. that <clears throat> people get confused a lot like a design on a t-shirt is a copyright. It's not a trademark. But if you become Cardi B clothing and you come up with a, your own clothing line, that can be a trademark. So how do I stop, as if I am a Cardi B, from people putting out merchandise using Cardi B's name? Yeah, so um, you have, there's other protection in imaging, images and likeness and name. You have the right to privacy, and you, can't, uh, you can stop people from profiting off of your name or likeness. So you can send cease and desist, and you can sue people for doing that, and people do that all the time. Gotcha. <clears throat> and then also, again, there's there's the copyright. So if you're using someone's name and their image on a T-shirt design, you can stop them from doing that as well. Gotcha. Yeah, it was interesting to, to read up on that and to see the trademark office deny such a big star, but I guess they don't even look at oh, they don't care. who she is, essentially. No. They're just looking at what's on that application. Yeah. And yeah, at the, the looking back at it, like, it really is just the word okay, just the way she actually right. pronounces it. Right. So, and now I wonder if that's going to open the door for other people to, because I've already, I've even heard uh, somebody, it was like a festival in the Bahamas, and they used a voice of somebody that sounded like Cardi B. Uh. It wasn't Cardi B, and she was like talking just like Cardi B, yeah. making an announcement for the festival. Yeah, I mean, you can stop people for that, but that's, that, that's not trademarked. Again, that, that's uh, the right of publicity. Right, and so people can't, people can't. Uh, you got a screwed up mic there. Yeah, we good to go. We can't cover that money maker either. You're right, man. Yeah, you good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can't you, you can't use people's names, likeness, images. Just don't do it. And if you do, you're gonna you're, you're gonna get sued. Um, what else is in the news, Eddie? Uh, so a little back on my little conspiracy, you know. Just back on my data life. Uh, <laughs> Spotify, I don't know if people are aware. If you, When you pre-save a song, so let's say Drake is dropping a new album, you know the date, and you actually save the save it on the Spotify so when it automatically comes out, it downloads. If you do the pre-save option on Spotify, that information of your page is now sent to the label. So whoever owns this, so whoever song. whoever the artist has yeah. the contract with. So we're talking about email addresses, uh, spending habits, your personal playlists, any data of like songs you listen to. All of that information is now going to A anything email. Spotify collects on you is yeah. now theirs. On only under the pre-save option, right? Because you know if we remember how terms and conditions work, they just flash it yeah. and we accept. One of those terms and conditions of the pre-save is to allow for your information to be so given to So how do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I've always been wondering what, what's the big play and what do they always want our data for? And it's almost like now we see Spotify is 
selling it off to these labels. Yeah. Because there's some type of agreement between the labels and Spotify yeah. for them to collect this information. So now the label is more equipped to understand who the consumer is for this artist, but it's only but only the labels know this. It's not like they're reporting back to Drake or Chris Brown or these major artists and saying, hey, this is what your demographic looks like. They're just worried about it so that they, if you're a Sony, now I can sell you all of our Sony products that we have here. Right. We've used the music to almost like Pied Piper you into our system, and now we're just gonna sell you all the products we have. See, I agree with you, totally agree with you, and that's what they're doing, but I, I'm, I don't care. Like yeah. I, if if that makes my Discover Weekly better because it's awful. Like every time I go to it, I feel like they must think I have the worst taste in music. I'm good. Like if targeted advertising, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like I don't want to sift through crap I don't want. You know. So like I, you know, I just don't. I, I my privacy is whatever. Okay. I, I, so you good with the uh, the the Google Home article? Well, that that's a little out? that's a little <laughs> much. Like in my house, listening to what I'm saying. And this goes back to one of our, our earlier podcasts where we were talking about the, the smart speakers. Right, right. Voice-activated speakers. So for speakers. people that don't know, uh, Google just got in trouble for having some of its employees listen in <laughs> on your conversations if you have a Google Home in your house. Yeah. So. Why, why would they think that's okay? Yeah, they, I don't know. They're, they're going to get in trouble for that, and they'll just pay a just fine. Pay a and, fine. And they'll, they'll get yeah. slapped on the wrist and say, don't do that anymore, and then they'll just do it better next time but what are they listening for <laughs> i mean i don't know they probably you... trying to take my bars they're <laughs> like i know he's gonna start rapping at some point we're just gonna listen yeah and record that's probably it but no like i think that that's an issue for me yeah like you're yeah there's some sort of sanctity of like you know your home and privacy and yeah. listening is it's yeah if you want to get my playlist right right I'm cool with that. Or advertise products that you think I might want. Like, I, I don't care. That's, That's getting kind of weird, though, too. Because I went the other day and bought a Life Water. I bought the Life Water in a store, and then as soon as I got on Instagram, they were selling me ads for Life Water. Yeah. So it's almost like my card was connected. Well, no, it's not almost. It's like it, for sure. Yeah, for sure connected. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. all right, this is weird. Yeah. But it's not like you're sending me deals and coupons. Dude, if you haven't seen Minority Report, Tom Cruise, I don't know, circa like 2005 or something. That movie predicted the future. Yeah, it did. And if it was true, I'd probably be arrested for a lot of crimes. Cause, Precogs. Yeah, I'd be thinking about a lot of crazy stuff. So. Yeah. Anyway, check it out if you cool. haven't uh, if you haven't seen it yet. Awesome. What else do we got, man? Um, we got a like a, a kind of a horror story of of a group. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know if it's like an Can uplifting we add the story song in so people know. We could probably probably play a little bit of it. I, I don't think they're going to care. Yeah. And maybe it'll be a way for me to find out who actually is making money from this Yeah, because then maybe somebody will ask us for it. Yeah. So so there's a group, uh, the Fanatics. Yeah. Uh, 2012, they came out with uh, Don't Drop the... Don't the don't. That's it. So it was Don't Drop That Don't the don't. <laughs> hey! Now we don't need to include yeah, the song. Either. Eddie just covered it. <laughs> but that song went platinum. Uh, you said two times, right? Two times. Uh it's got 50 million YouTube uh, streams. It's got 20-some million streams on Spotify. The first-hand information that I have is that there were three, guy, three guys in that group, and since that song came out in 2012, they've only made $100,000 total from that song. Split so, between three guys. Split between three guys. So and you said 2012? 2012, so, so seven years. Seven years, they made thirty racks, and and off a two-time platinum song. Yeah, so uh, platinum back then was like actual sale download, platinum. yeah, right. I mean, two thousand twelve, Spotify was around and stuff, but it was downloads and it was sales and CDs, you know. And so there's real money coming there. They were signed. I'm not going to talk about who they were signed to. Um, they had a manager, they had a lawyer. I think all of those people are the same person, which is a red flag if your manager label well now i'm gonna be talking about myself because i'm doing doing the same thing but i'm honest this guy like i i don't i don't know enough about him or the situation yet i just know from these guys that this is what's happened and it and it's it's true and it's not unusual either it's not something it unfortunately it happens way too often and it especially happens in Chicago. These guys are in L.A., but, like, it just happens. Like, people will sign 
production deals. And what a production deal means is essentially whatever you make for the rest of your career, whoever is helping you launch your career is going to take up to 50% of everything that you're making. And in this case, a lot of times you'll get like gradual advances. So you go out for dinner and the guy buys you dinner. He's going to count that as an advance. Right. You need to pay rent one month. That's an advance. He's just going to keep, and then, oh, you need a little bit of cash. Okay, cool. Here's like two grand. That's an advance. And then they just manipulate it so that you're always underwater and you get a huge song like that and you make no money off nothing. it. Nothing. And you might think that production deals are only for like smaller artists, but a guy like Drake is in that with uh, Jay Prince. Yeah. Who may not have any connection to the actual label he signed to, yeah. but he's still receiving a percentage of his royalties based upon Forever. being the first guy to quote-unquote discover Yeah, him. Gaga's yeah. under the same situation. You know, I mean, so there's a, they're huge artists, and they eventually kind of sunset, right? And they kind of go away, yeah. or there's some small, but there's a trailing interest in that. And, you know, there's something to be said, like, okay, if somebody's putting a bunch of money into me to start out and launches my career, cool, like, I'll give them something for it. But... But these lifetime, but these lifetime deals, or a deal like that where a song goes nuts. Like I don't think anybody knew that song was gonna go platinum, right? right? And then to just get screwed, and it's on these guys too. They didn't look into it. They didn't do things. One of the guys didn't had some run-ins with the law. Like there's some issues there, but like just watch out for those. So how how are we accounting for this? If if I'm an artist and I want to know how much money my song is being made, what type of provisions can I look into with my contracts? I believe you're alluding to a audit or accounting provision. Oh, yes, I was. Yeah, that's uh, dropping some law knowledge there. Yeah, you need to make sure that you have the right to see the books. And not only do you have the right to see the books, you have to have the right to examine them, have an expert examine them, find out if there are any discrepancies in it. If there are any discrepancies, they need to be resolved right away. And if, you know, we... We usually draft it so there's penalties in there. Yeah, so like if there's if there is a discrepancy over a certain amount, the cost of that audit then it goes to the label. Goes to the label and there there may be a ten percent fee or there's something on top of it and they have to pay you immediately. But like the other thing to keep in mind, most of those provisions have a two year window, right? So you have to request an audit within two years of receiving the statement or you waive that right. So let's say in this situation they would only be able to see the books from 2017 to 2019. Yeah, if, if that, if was, that was in the, their their agreement. I mean, if you sue someone, it's going to open up more. Yeah, then we're going right. to talk about discovery. And no, all yeah, and then you're going to get into all sorts of different things. Yeah. But, like, yeah, people have that misconception all the time. Oh, you had a huge song, like, you're rich. No, not at all. And, and not well, only... That's the misconception that they're rich, because somebody is Oh, rich. someone's rich. Yeah. Like... Someone made <laughs> a bunch of money off of that song, yeah. you know, because it got, got licensed, and, you know, that that two times platinum when you're dealing with downloads and CDs, that's that's real money. Yeah, and then I'm also thinking, you just brought up the, the syncs and the license that got. If that manager or label is in total control of everything... They can just be signing off on license de- licensing deals. Never let you know. And you know nothing about it, right? right. Got to be your best advocate. That seems to be the theme for the, the week. Yeah, be your best advocate. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> How are we feeling? We're feeling good? Feeling good. It's hot in here. Yeah. I mean, we have to get used to these lights, man. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's going to be all right. Right. Well, we need to have people need to have access on all platforms. True, true. YouTube's the number one streaming platform, right? Yeah, well, right. How are we, we join the masses? We gotta be there. Yeah, I don't really want to be there, but I don't either. We gotta be there. Yeah, that's no slight to YouTube if you want to give us some good ad space. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we apply for a grant from them? I was well. Google is YouTube, right? Yeah, are they the same? Yeah, yeah. and they were like. Nah. nah, they needed. They said to, they, they, said needed they to need, need more content. Well, yeah, and they probably wanted us to be on their platform. That is that is key. They, they're <laughs> yeah. like, wait, like, oh, you guys are on Apple? Okay, cool. <laughs> Here's your check. Dang, Google. But, but we are. We're open to sponsors other than Songfinch. Yeah, speaking of Google, did you read that article <laughs> about uh, the Indian rapper? Forget his name. Um, sorry, then blanking on it. But he passed uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's Me record. For most streams or most views in the first 48 hours. Yeah, how do you do that? All off of Google AdWords. 
So he just paid a bunch of money to paid get paid a bunch of Google paid a bunch of money behind Google AdWords. So his song was just popping up constantly when people were searching for Taylor Swift, or, or they just, just when they were in general, like man, all sorts just of different ways you, to game in the system. Getting, as soon as you're getting on Google, you're seeing his song. How is he a good rapper? I didn't listen to the song. Yeah, me either. If it's up there with Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande, if it's up there with those two, I'm like, you know yeah. what? That's not really my yeah. my steez. So yeah. I'll pass on that. Yeah. All right, I think we've worn out our welcome at yeah. Classic Studios. It's cool. Yeah. Don has to go now. Yeah. Mix and master some. They have like real musicians. No offense, Eddie, but they probably have real yeah, musicians. Yeah, they probably got some real well, musicians. Well, Eddie's in retirement, so. Oh, right. You retired again, right? But I think the fans want me back. Okay. <laughs> and with that. And on that note, we are out of here. We'll see you next time. Yes. Thank you. Peace.